Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Body Bags with Joseph Scott Morgan. Day in and day out, I spend my life around college students. And I don't know, God, this is kind of dark for me to say this. Every time I'm around them, though, recently in particular, I think about how old I am. (laughs) It just... It's, I'm coming up on my 20th year in academia, actually, as of March, uh, I'm sorry, as of May, May 2024, I'll celebrate my 20th year in academia. Can't believe how much time has gone by. But I see, I see these, these kids that are on campus, and they are kids to me, particularly at this stage of my, my life. And I, I can't, it's hard for me to remember what it was like to be the age that my students are right now. I, I've tried, um, but, you know, through the fog of time, you you just kind of forget. Every now and then I'll hear a song. Um, you know, there's something that will, you know, bring me back to those younger moments in my life. I, I was talking with Dave just a little while ago. We were talking about my son having to gone to an, a Journey concert last night. He started talking about all the songs that made me remember what it was like to be young. But as cliched as it sounds, there's many in our society nowadays that will remain forever young because they never advance any further than, say, for instance, 21. But today on Body Bags, we're going to talk about a young lady who was 21. Her name was Annabelle. And she met, arguably, one of the most horrific ends that I've discussed on my program. I'm Joseph Scott Morgan, and this is Body Bags. Every now and then, Dave, my mind will drift back. It'll drift back to days when I'd ride around with the windows down and I was listening to, in my opinion, the coolest music ever created. Uh, And, you know, uh, we were talking about rocking down the highway a little while ago, the Doobie Brothers. Makes you drive fast, you know. Unlike maybe some song that Michael McDonald had a hand in. (laughs) You know, we could do a there's whole just certain show. things. <laughs> I do a whole show, yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there are these things that's, that you know kind of stimulate your your mind. You go back in time and you think about, wow. Some people say, "I wish I could go back. I wish I could go back. I wish I could be this age and that age." And I got to tell you, man, I've 
I've uh, I've made it through. I'm I'm happy to be the age I am right now. I, I truly am because you know you you get some perspective and you look back at the things you've accomplished and look back at your family all around you. And um, but it, but it's 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 quite horrible when you look around and there's an empty chair. I would imagine that will never be occupied again. And you know today we're talking about you know, young Miss Annabelle and that's. The situation I would imagine her family's in right now, Dave. You know, Joe, when we look at a story and we have the victim, Annabelle Rose Mina, 21 years old, and she's living with a man who is 33 years old, that she actually, he was hitting on her when she was in high school. He's 33. His name is Leroy Brom Third, and... When you were talking about college, you know, and being around the students, and I was thinking about my college years when I was 21, and we don't have a way to see the future. And so sometimes we see our own future through somebody else's past. And I look at Annabelle Rose Meenan, and I think of how she met her demise at the hands of this man who is not really a man. He's adult male. Because I want you to listen to all of the... All of this is on video, Joe. Everything we're going to talk about is on video because Meenan had security cameras all over the house, which tells you a little bit about him. East Vincent Township Police called to the Spring City Trailer December 4th, 2021 after a report of a quote-unquote medical emergency. Police are called to the home. When they get there, they find Annabelle Rose Meenan unresponsive she's lying on the living room floor with wounds to her face chest arms and legs according to the report leroy brahm the third made no attempt at any life-saving measures she was taken to the hospital and pronounced dead doctors told investigators that she had extensive trauma on her head face lacerations on the rest of her body including her arms legs and pelvic area There was bruising to his hand and finger and bruising and swelling to his ankle. What they were able to find out through the surveillance video, Leroy Brom III is on video punching Annabelle Rose Meenan in the head and body at least 85 times, kicking and stomping her at least 80 times. He repeatedly beat her stomped her about the head. Then he took a sofa and he dropped a sofa on her hard. Then he sat on the sofa while it's on top of her and he fell asleep. Dave, I defy you to take, to make up a story like this. And we've said this before on body bags, make up a story like this and walk into a producer's office in Hollywood. They, 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 they wouldn't believe you. Too far. You know, when, when when you, it's just too far fetched, and there's no, it's it's not a real mystery. You know, I mean, I think in this case the electronics really, you know, kind of open this up. But you know, when you you think about how over the top this is, that this could be, and, and this this wasn't like one one moment in time. It's not like it was, you know, an acute event where some guy flies off the handle 
and starts striking out at the person that's closest to them, that's closest in proximity. We're talking about, we're talking about a progression, a slow, Mm -hmm. slouching progression toward oblivion for Annabelle. And there are so many people out there that, that suffer in these abusive relationships. And how old did you say he was? He was 33. He's 33. 33. She was 21. I, I don't know about you. I know that, that young ladies develop faster than us dudes. Uh, most of the time, but a 21 year old woman, um, in these circumstances, um, she, she probably, I would imagine thought that she found love, Yep, that she found somebody that was older, that was going to take care of her. And she'd probably do anything in the world for him. Think about the guys she's having, you know, she would be around other 21 year olds. Uh, other people in her yeah. age group and how, how we act when we're that age. And then uh, you have this other, this guy who's also an adult man, you know, but he's an actual really, he doesn't act like them. So yeah, he's been around the ballpark a few times and she's known him for several years. Thing is, you mentioned this was not a fluke. He didn't just lose his cookies one night and beat her 85 times with his hands and 80 times with his feet this was the end of a string of beatings that had been taking place for a long time. And most of them captured on his own security cameras because he had them all over his place. And of course the police now have all that. Yeah. And you know, who would have ever thought that someone would video? I mean, I know that this is insane because people have videotaped themselves for years doing horrible things, but was you'd have to ask the question, how would he have so much camera coverage and have an awareness? Be stupid enough not to delete it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And why would you have this much camera coverage that you're going to, uh, you know, depict this horrible event, horrible events. Let me put that in plural. Every guy I know that has a bunch of surveillance cameras inside their house. They're up to no good. Yeah. You you have to think, uh, you know, is it, Okay, is it voyeuristic oh. or 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 is it something that is so twisted within them where they trust no one and they live in some kind of world where they think that everybody's out to get them? I, I really wonder about that. I'm Joseph Scott Morgan, and a big shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing free samples. I live in an area where allergies are a day-to-day issue, and finding an over-the-counter option for relief is like the holy grail. I use Astapro, and I strongly recommend you give it a try. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray, and it's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays can take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. 
Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to AstaproAllergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Years ago, when I got out of my field full-time, I was diagnosed with PTSD. I had sleep disorder. I had depression. And for me, I had to turn to someone to talk to, somebody that could aid me along the path to healing, to restore me to that person that maybe I was at one point in time, to make me better for not just myself, but my family. If you're thinking about therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You can do this anytime that you like. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com bags today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com. That's Better, H-E-L-P.com slash bags. Dave, have you ever heard the term uh, your moral compass is busted? I've, I've come across that a couple of times. I've, I've actually borne witness to it throughout my career, you know, with some of the, these cases that I've worked in. You stand over, you know, these poor souls um, that die at the hands of somebody that is so, so very violent. Um, and the person kind of meeting this out, you know, relative to Annabelle, I, I'd say he qualifies for, you know, there's something wrong with his moral compass. Yeah. Um, and I'm, there's one thing that really kind of sticks in my crawl with this, this case. And that is, this man, and I hesitate to call him that, I know, this male, was encouraging Annabelle, this 21-year-old, to engage in, I don't know, let's say uh, in some activities that were less than uh, morally sound. Well, he's encouraging her to have sex with a friend of his. And he's encouraging that in such a way that he now, they look, every article I've gone over with this says jealous boyfriend jealous boyfriend jealous boyfriend no he was a control freak who tried to push her into doing things that she probably didn't want to do but then when she decided okay i'm going to go along with this then he turns it on her uses that as as an excuse to beat her it was like he was setting her up to give him a reason to beat her uh, yeah and you know we talk about uh when you look at victimology uh uh and kind of study these these attacks it it winds up it always comes back to this kind of asymmetry in a relationship and when you've got this 33 year old grown man um that is treating this young girl this way 21 years old uh, he's and it's it's his house as well and not only is it his house it's a it's a house that is under constant surveillance within it and, you know, surveillance, I think, is is a means to control. Uh, and you can look at that from, you know, people will say, well, yeah, people have surveillance for safety. You're right. 
But when you get to this level where you've got cameras that are kind of posted all over the place, um, it, it goes from, it goes from maybe voyeuristic, certainly doesn't have anything to do with security. I don't think goes from boy voyeuristic to now where you're in a position where you can take someone that maybe is less emotionally mature, that is heavily dependent upon you as a provider now. Um, and you can totally and completely control them, Dave, with everything. Yeah. No, that's you know, the whole vid- point of video evidence, a- everything. That's the whole point of guys like this. They always go after younger girls because the younger girls see them as something more than what the other, their pairs are, you know, that's right. all it is. I mean, you see any guy that's 33 and I can, I know a couple of these control guys that are dating girls just out of high school. Think about that for just a minute. In your thirties, you were married and had your first kids and all that. And this yep. guy's trolling the high school. That tells you a lot about him as a person. And the fact that he lures her into doing things that she probably wouldn't do to use it as an excuse to beat her. And like you said, control her with the video cameras the, or the surveillance footage rather. It's ridiculous. You know what, yeah, it, it truly is. And, and one of the things in forensics that, that we're going to look at in a case like this, particularly when you have this much video, videographic evidence, mm-hmm. um, and we do this in child abuse cases too. I've talked about contusions before. Right. And in this case, it's particularly important because, you know, we're, we're talking about something again, that is ongoing. It's been a, a long, you know, this, this long kind of approach to, you know, to the end of her life. Can you tell as they're getting worse, can you tell if the beatings are getting worse as they come close? Like in this particular case where the last night of her life, he beats her with his hands 85 times at least, 80 times with his feet yeah. at least, to the point where his hands are beaten and swollen. His ankle is, from kicking her, from, yeah. his ankle is swollen. Um, but can you then go back and look at previous times where he has beaten her and look at her body and see any of those healing? Can you tell? Uh, yeah, you possibly can. Uh, what's what's going to be key in a case like this is that you would do a you would have to do full body x-rays. Okay. Is that common? Uh, no, it's not. Uh, but when you have insults that are this extensive, uh, you would want to go head to toe and you would, you would want to do what are referred to as APs and laterals, which the AP are straight on, you know, kind of like when you go get a chest x-ray and then lateral is when you roll, the decedent up on their side and you hold them in place over a cartridge and you take, you take snapshots from the top of their head or take x-rays, radiographs from the top of their head all the way, you know, down range till, and you're doing it segmentally. Okay. Uh, which is, you know, most of the time that's the way x-rays are done and you, till you get to the feet because, you know, this borders to me, Dave, when you're talking about, uh, a young woman being pummeled like this for so long, this starts to leach over into the area of torture. Um, and I think that that's something that has to be considered. You know, think about, um, you know, I remember there were, uh, when I was a kid, I remember, uh, and forgive me because I can't remember this man's name, uh, but he's he was one of the survivors of the Hanoi Hilton you know, back during the Vietnam War, he had been a POW and he was, I think he'd been a pilot. He'd been shot down. Anyway, he had talked about how he knew what time of day it was because he knew he was going to receive his beating at that time. 
And they would come in and they would beat him every single day. Now, sometimes he'd be punched and kicked. Other times that he would be beaten with a rod. Um, and they did all manner of things to him. But the body can tell the history of what's happening. So let's just say, for instance, she's been a, a good example of being punched in the ribs. Uh, particularly early on, if you don't want to see, and you see this with child abusers too, they won't strike their victims in the face because they don't to have that kind of attention drawn to them. But if you pop somebody in the ribs or in the stomach, you know, if the person's fully clothed, you're not going to see any evidence of contusions. You're not going to see an abrasion or anything like that. But what you might see if you were a physician uh, and you brought a person in for treatment, you might see a fractured crib if you did an X- x-ray. And post-mortem, we can actually appreciate fractured bones that have healed uh, in an otherwise non-therapeutic manner. They haven't been treated at all. And the, the bone naturally wants to get back together. So if you have a fractured rib, for instance, that's never been treated, it's going to show up on the x-ray. Any physician that's worth their salt that can interpret radiographs, they're going to note that. And then with the contusions, you're going to have overlying contusions, Dave. You'll have them set on, and obviously the, the head for her was a strike point for him. He loved hitting her in the head, kicking her in the head. So you'll have over, overlapping contusions, and it would be an absolute mess to try to untangle all this stuff, Dave. Well, when you were talking a minute ago about contusions, and one of the things that it was talking about on here, on the report uh, about the lash, lacerations um, and bruising on her back, uh, arms, legs, torso, and a pelvic area, are, when they're talking about lacerations like that, are we talking cuts? Are we talking, what are we talking about when we say lacerations and bruising? Let's break it down this way. I, I, like, to, I like to refer to lacerations as tears. And that's, that's specifically how you generate that kind of, of injury to the body. That is, if you apply force, blunt force, to a region of the body, as the hand or the foot generates enough power, energy, and that's transferred onto the surface of the skin, guess what, man? The skin is going to give way, and you'll get this tearing that occurs, and it's not going to be neat and clean. Now, you can have minor lacerations, or you can have major lacerations. Um, Let's say, for instance, somebody has been struck in the head with a baseball bat. You get these big, nasty, gaping impact in injuries, uh, where you'll have what are referred to as tissue bridging, where you have strands of tissue that are still connecting either side, but yet the skin is torn and the edges are going to be real jagged. Um, whereas that's not going to look anything like a short, sharp force injury. And then there will be an associated contusion surrounding the laceration. So if someone is struck, say for instance, in the side of the head, the skin is torn, you know, uh, in this case, a laceration, as we'd mentioned, you would have, uh, you know, a dark area surrounding that, and that'd be the associated contusion because you're, you're disrupting all of the vascular vasculature beneath the surface of the skin. Those little blood vessels are bursting in there and it's kind of, uh, leaching out into the interstitial tissue. Right now inside the house, they found blood stains on the kitchen walls. The oven's glass door was shattered. There was a hole in the wall, 
and they did find um, Annabelle's damaged cell phone on the floor. And they mentioned that the defendant, his hand, finger, and elbow had bruising and swelling from the beating that he was inflicting. Can you imagine the elbow drop and things like that? But where would we... You're talking about blood on the kitchen walls. Yeah. Yeah. Are we talking blood spatter from... uh, or? Yeah, it would, it would, uh, it can come in, in one of, uh, well, a couple of ways, but let's just think about it. For instance, if she's standing adjacent to the wall and she's punched in the face, maybe her nose. All right. That can be projected blood. It would be very low velocity. You would have uh, a deposition on the wall that would lend, lend itself. It would be, it would be evident of low velocity. It's not like she struck with a baseball bat or certainly a gun where you have high velocity that's kind of misting. It has a misting appearance to it. In a case like this, you can generate it like that. Or if she is, if she is struck and bleeding, she could be thrown against the wall and that would be a contact, uh, a contact, uh, uh, amount of blood that's left behind that is emanating from, say, the nose or the mouth, I'm just using that as an example, and it's transferred onto the surface of the wall. So it's really important. Or you can have the the victim or the perpetrator, if they've got, like, for instance, all of us have had bloody noses. And if you touch your bloody nose and you look at it and then you put your hand down on a surface or against a surface, that's transfer. All right, so it's not projected. You're actually transferring it onto that surface. And those that are really good, at blood interpretation, uh, they're capable of giving you the their their opinion relative to how that blood wound up on that surface. And here's the thing that's really troubling about this, Dave. If you go back into time with this so-called relationship, there could be just as much evidence deposited on the surfaces of that house trailer as there is evidence on her body. The prosecutor in Annabelle's case used the term unfathomable and I love that I love that term I always have I've, uh, it, it gives you an idea that you can't really measure the extent or the depth of something that for a person that is in their normal state of mind when asked to kind of consider the level of trauma and brutality in a case like this. Um, Most people, and I think that we would hope this of our fellow citizens, would, you know, retract at the idea of that. And, and, you know, this is actually coming from a prosecutor, uh, Dave, uh, in this town, in this county up there in Pennsylvania. He sees a lot, and he uses the term unfathomable, when you begin to think about the level of violence that was exacted upon Annabelle. When you said level of violence, 
that's unfathomable level of violence. That's actually a, a descriptor for this that it actually does measure up to that. Look, this girl, Annabelle, Annabelle Rose Meenan, okay? And maybe this is hitting me a little harder because she's, there's pictures of her with her hair that look just like my Hannah. Yeah. And my hand is small. She's, I mean, you know, light way. I just, and this little girl, she's little. I, I know she's not a little girl. I'm not trying to be dismissive. She's 21 years old. I know she's right. an adult and makes decisions, but she looks like my daughter. So, and she's small. You never and stop being a daddy. Never. And you, I look at this guy's mugshot and, um, he's smirking. He is smirking in his mugshot. And I'm thinking of the destruction he did to her. Not just once he had been doing it for a while. He was, you mentioned controlling her. He was controlling her every which way there was. He was controlling her by putting her in situations where he could use it against her to beat her. That's all it was. And I hope he enjoys his time where he's going to spend some years. But I wanted to add a couple things here very quickly. Yeah, sure. The um, Annabelle was, this is from her family. Annabelle Rose was hilarious, fun to be around, always stood up for what she believed in. When Annabella was in the room, when Annabelle was in the room, she always made sure everyone felt comfortable and their voice heard. Her, their voice heard. I'm thinking there was nobody there for her to make sure her voice was heard. Nobody could get her out of this mess. The prosecutor pointed out that Leroy Brom III had put Annabelle in a situation to be with another man, encouraged it, until she was. And then, apparently, according to the prosecutor, Annabelle was seeing him for who he was. She was seeing through Leroy Brom. And the prosecutor said he was done with Annabelle choosing another man instead of himself. When investigators asked him about this, Joe Scott Morgan asked him to explain the bruises on her near-naked body. You know what this guy said? What's that, Dave? It's just a sexual kink. We like rough sex. Yeah, uh, and you know, I, I got a. Uh, I think my my uh, response to that uh, would be: Does you know dropping a sofa yeah. on this young woman who you have? literally beat the hell out of you beat her to death with your hands and feet. What part of that was sexual? And yeah, was it, it the time it, when you hit her in the face with your fist? Was that sexual? Yeah, when you kicked yeah. her in the stomach, was that sexual? You know, that's the part that really bothers me is that he actually could say that. her family had to hear him say that. Yeah, I know. And it, uh, again, unfathomable, you can't plumb the depths of it that you would be so depraved in your mind that you would take, this young woman and use her because she, she's a thing to him, yeah. nothing more. That's, that's what she was. And, and here's, here's kind of an interesting little aside here. When she was actually extricated from that trailer and died at the hospital. And eventually, you know, they listed her, her death as a cardiac arrest. Yeah, heart attack. Which, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, don't we all die from that? Our heart stops uh, beating? Yeah, you can, uh, uh, you know, if, if, like you're Elvis. if you're beheaded, yeah. <laughs> uh, your heart is going to stop beating. I hate, I hate it when they say cardiac arrest because it means that 
Um, there's not a lot of thought that goes into that. There's not a lot of depth, scientific depth to that, because you have to try to understand the underlying factors of what was going on. Um, I think that potentially she, her heart did stop beating. Some of it could be internal blood loss. It could be as a result of shock that would send you into a cardiac arrest. But here's one of the, the other interesting things. Um, she had apparently been plied with cocaine as well. They found this in her system. And I, I wonder about this. I wonder if he had, he got off on this behavior because listen, by his own admission, he said that this is a sexual kink that mm-hmm. they shared. I wonder if she would get so drowsy uh, because of the head injuries she was sustaining, she couldn't maintain focus. If he gave her a bump or a, a dosage of Coke, um, would that, would that reinvigorate her to the point where she has an awareness of what's happening? Um, that she didn't just like softly slip off into a coma. She's still alive, Dave. And, he decides at that moment in time, well, let's see. I punched her. I've stomped her. I've kicked her. I've drug her all through this house. And I've videotaped it while I've done it. The accusations were not, were not satisfactory to me. I, I didn't receive from that what I wanted. I think I want to put an exclamation point on this whole thing. The way I'm going to end this evening with... This young lady who, I don't know, on one level, he's taking responsibility of. He is trying to provide for her, I guess. He's housing her. Dave, he drops a freaking sofa on her. Let that sink in. On top of her. And then, as if that wasn't enough, he lays down on the sofa and goes to sleep with her beneath it. How do you, how do we even take the measure of that? I, I, I'm very happy. I'm not so numb at this point after all these years of covering that I, I still can find, find this totally and completely repugnant day. When you have somebody uh, in this situation where we know that, look, this last beating with, uh, they were able to, uh, I hope you guys have caught that. We've mentioned the number of hits with his hands and the number of kicks with his feet because they were able to count those in the surveillance video. And that's a, a beating that you don't take in a professional fight. No, but do they do these types of things? Because we know that he had done it before uh, to her and that she was a regular victim of this domestic violence. But do those types of beatings take a toll on, on somebody her size where you, you get beat about the head and, and body over a period right. of time. And yep. even though each time the beating escalates, but you don't have time to fully recover from the previous beating, yeah. do they continue to have a bigger and bigger impact on your physical ability to recover? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because if she's taking head strikes, David, uh, he could, he could essentially without, you know, ha- her having any awareness of it, she might have a severe headache. He may rupture some tiny vessel in her head. And that area that is so traumatized, there's not been sufficient amount of time to recover from that. So she's going to have this kind of foggy 
uh, foggy way about her. And then the next thing, she does something else that irritates him. And again, he flies into her again and begins striking. So yeah, it's a totality. It's literally a totality of all of this trauma that she is sustaining day after day after day. Um, other thing that you have to factor into this is that when people are constantly subjected to this level of abuse, their body is always in a heightened state. Okay. Uh, they're always in a heightened state of fear. You're thinking about, you know, her adrenaline is pumping all the time. Uh, she probably can't sleep. She probably doesn't eat very much. I would imagine because when you're around an abuser like this, they'll do anything. They can find a fence in the slightest little thing that is going to prompt them to lash out at this person that they're in this asymmetrical relationship with. And she's not going to tell anybody, you know, she's not, he's got her in his home. It's a home that he's providing for her and she's always survived, always surveilled. I mean, she's like a, a, you know, what is the bird in the gilded cage? She's not going anywhere. And she, she knows she's being watched. And I'm sure that he's pointed this out to her over and over and over again. And be honest with you, it would not surprise me if he had perhaps had some kind of video of her engaging in sexual activity with this guy. That, that's, that would not surprise me in the least bit. And again, as an abuser, he can take that and throw it in her face and accuse her. And of course that drives her down further and further. She feels worthless. And oh yeah, you got another beating coming. All I can think of is how it's been described, how her death has been described, and and how he did call nine one one and say, you know, you got a medical emergency. But when what they arrived, prince. yeah, when when they arrived, they said he had taken none and was unwilling to take any kind of life saving measures. He wasn't willing to help. Not one bit. I mean, after everything he'd, the only thing he did was call basically because she was dead. She hadn't died yet. She was still breathing. She was still alive at that point in time, but he was doing nothing to help her survive. And as you mentioned, after he beat her, after he beat her unconscious, he then drops a, a couch on her and then hops on the couch and goes to sleep. Yeah. And, and here's another thing with that. Uh, one of the first things I thought about, I don't know, uh, you know, for all of our friends out there that are listening, if you ever consider your sofa at home and everybody's is different, obviously, but look, look at the clearance that you have from the, the underneath of your sofa to the floor. Uh, I really began to think if she had not um, maybe uh, had been deprived of oxygen because of positional asphyxia in this case, where, you know, she's already compromised, you know, from a circulatory standpoint because she's been so beat up and battered. There's no telling how much hemorrhage is going on with her internally. Now you compromise her, her, her ability to facilitate the rising and falling of her chest so that she can uptake oxygen. She's in this tiny little space. I mean, it just gets progressively more and more horrible all the way, you know, all the way down the line with this. I don't know necessarily that even if they had gotten to her prior to the sofa event that, uh, you know, that the, 
the medical personnel could have saved her. I think it was this bad at this point. And the fact, again, this goes back to a point you made earlier, Dave, uh, when he didn't take these heroic measures, I think that that goes to show you how very little value that he, he assigned to her. She's just another thing for him, just another thing that, uh, could be thrown away. And that's essentially what he did. Annabelle's gone now, but I will tell you this. He's gone too. He's gone to the state penitentiary and he's going to serve out the rest of his natural life because he's been convicted of first degree murder. For anybody today that is listening to me and hears this, if you know of anyone, and I mean anyone in your circle that is going through issues with domestic violence, let me give you a phone number. Please have them call 1-800-799-7233. Again, that number, 1-800-799-7233. That's the National Domestic Violence Hotline. I'm Joseph Scott Morgan, and this is Body Bags. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.